Welcome to today's St. Paul's Church of the Voyager podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Fiesler, and I am glad that you are listening today. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Lent. It's also known as Latare Sunday. Latare from Latin meaning rejoice. We are halfway to Easter and we can just start to see the light of Easter morning out on the horizon. It's a day of transition, if only for just one day. The color for Lent lightens from purple to rose and we catch our breath and celebrate that uh, in order to encourage ourselves to complete our Lenten journey. Well, this morning's text is also about transition and celebration. So let's listen to our reading of Luke 15, It'll be verses 1 through 3 and then 11 through 32, the parable of the prodigal son. Hi, hi. I am Cindy Sanger. I was in youth group and and then off and on since then and now I'm a member okay um, this is from Luke 15 one day when many tax collectors and other outcasts came to listen to Jesus the Pharisees and the teachers of the law started grumbling this man welcomes outcasts and even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger son said to him, Father, give me my share of property now. So the man divided the property between his sons. After a few days, the younger son sold his part of the property and left home with the money. He went to a country far away where he wasted his money in reckless living. He spent everything he had. Then a severe famine spread over that country and he was left without a thing. So he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him out to the farm to take care of the pigs. He wished that he could fill himself with the bean pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything to eat. At last he came to his senses and said, all my father's hired workers have more than they can eat. And here I am about to starve. I will get up and go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against God and against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired workers. So he got up and started back to his father. He was still a long way from home when his father saw him. The father's heart was filled with pity and he ran and threw his arms around his son and kissed him. Father, the son said, I have sinned against God and against you. 
I am no longer fit to be called your son. But the father called to his servants. Hurry, he said, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Then go and get the prize calf and kill it. And let us celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he has been found. And so the feasting began. In the meantime, the older son was out in the field. Then on his way back, when he came close to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out to one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come back home, the servant answered, and your father has killed the prize calf because he got him back safe and sound. The older brother was so angry that he would not go into the house. So his father came out and begged him to come in. But he spoke back to his father. Look, all these years, I have worked for you like a slave and I have never disobeyed your orders. What have you given me? Not even a goat for me to have a feast with my friends. But your son, this son of yours, wasted all the property on prostitutes. And when he comes back home, you kill the prize calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always here with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be happy because your brother was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he has been found. Well, this reading <clears throat> happens to be the gospel reading for the week of 27 March from the Revised Common Lectionary. And if you're not familiar with the lectionary, it is a three-year cycle of Bible readings. Each week's readings have a related theme. And it's used by many denominations and churches. I like the idea that millions of people, millions of other Christians, are listening to this same scripture with us today. And I love the way that the lectionary structures this reading. Notice that it starts in verses one through three. And this allows us to remember the context in which Jesus is teaching this parable. All of the wrong people are coming to Jesus. And the Pharisees do not like his acceptance of them. But I think it's instructive also to see what our reading skipped over in verses 4 through 10. Jesus tells two other parables, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. In both of those parables, there is a similar structure. Something is lost, something's found, and there's great celebration over it. In each, Jesus adds, in the same way, there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. But something interesting happens in our story of the prodigal son. 
We start with that same pattern. The son is lost. The son is found. And there's great rejoicing. But then, in walks this older brother. And while I'm certainly not going to speak for Jesus, it seems to me that the older brother is not a random addition to the story. There must be a reason he includes this extra character. Now, with a show of hands, who can see the parallels between the sinners in verses 1 through 3 and the younger son and the Pharisees and the older son? Anybody with me so far? Okay, good. Would it be safe to say then that Jesus adds the older brother to the story because he has a message for the Pharisees? Well, what is Jesus trying to tell them? Is this simply a warning that they're on the wrong track? Perhaps that they need to show more mercy or that they should be repenting of their own sins? Maybe all the above? Well, since this reading came from the lectionary, I decided to go back to the lectionary to see if I could get a little help. Now remember, normally I usually sit in one of these pews when I'm here at 10 o'clock, right there with you. So please test this interpretation, okay? Now the Old Testament reading for this week is from Joshua chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. The manna ceased on the day they ate the produce of the land, and the Israelites no longer had manna. They ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. Well, let's look at the context in which this is taking place. Through Moses, God rescued the Israelites. They've spent 40 years in the wilderness, sustained by this manna, until they reached the abundance of the promised land. This manna, while God-given and certainly a good thing, was not God's ultimate plan for them. It was a means to an end, a way to get them to the real goal, something far better and more abundant, promised land. Now they have arrived and it's time to transition to something new, something better. And in the same way, God gave the Jewish people his laws to sustain them in their relationship with him. And while they too were God-given and good, they were merely the means to a newer, better, far more abundant plan. The kingdom of God on earth, inaugurated by his son, Jesus Christ. Now, viewed through this lens, Jesus' message to the Pharisees perhaps becomes clearer. This is not condemnation. This is an invitation. Perhaps you might say even a last-ditch rescue attempt. 
In the language of March Madness, the zeal and the piety of the Pharisees should have made them the number one seeds. But Jesus reveals they're at risk of being left out of the dance completely. A celebration and rejoicing over the lost coming home are repeated themes in our story. In fact, it's the last thing the father says to the older brother, we had to celebrate. That's the whole point of the kingdom, the restoration of God's family. The father wants nothing more than to have his family together. Look at the grace he shows to both the younger and older sons, the sinner and the self-righteous. In the same way, Jesus longs to gather Jerusalem under his wing. Something new, something better is taking place. And he wants them to share in it. And this new way doesn't require the rigid exclusion of the Pharisees to achieve that holiness, but only the free grace and inclusion of God's love. Your brother, the father, gently emphasizes, and joyfully bestowed on the younger son all of the honor and authority of sonship. Likewise, the people gathering around Jesus are not unclean outsiders. They are family. They are fully adopted sons and daughters into the household of God. And in fact, they have always been family from the beginning of God's plan for the world. As I was studying this reading, I looked at a Greek interlinear translation, which puts the original Greek along with the English. And I don't want to stretch this too far, but in verse 27, when the servant tells the older brother that the father got him back safe and sound, the Greek word translated as safe and sound is Higia Inanta. And so you know I didn't make that up because I would have made it a lot easier to say if I did. But Higia Inanta generally means in good health or proper. But it can also mean pure or uncorrupted. Is it possible that Jesus was hinting to the Pharisees, don't worry, I am going to make everyone pure in a whole new way. Well, Jesus is a master storyteller. He does not finish the parable. He provides no epilogue about the older brother's decision. Does he ever enter the celebration? Jesus longs for the Pharisees to join him, but he leaves that decision to them. Well, this unfinished parable also invites us into the story. Are there areas in our life where we need to make a transition to something new, something better, that we might align ourselves with Jesus and join him in a kingdom celebration? Will we 
enter? Well, I would like to make a couple of suggestions. At the beginning of this year, Pastor Rob preached a nine-week sermon series called Think Again, Nine Beliefs That Christians Should Reconsider. If you haven't heard his series, I would highly encourage you to listen. You can find them on our YouTube channel or on our podcast. And if you did listen, and especially if one of those sermons caused your hackles to rise a bit, I would invite you to listen again and reflect on the possibility that God might be nudging you to transition in your beliefs to something new and something better. Also, we recently held a church meeting during which we discussed St. Paul's outreach missions. And on the screen, you can see a list of our recent and current outreach missions. Could a transition in your schedule or your resources open a ministry opportunity that might allow you to join into something new and something better? I want to leave you with a quick story. Two weeks ago, I met a young man who is really excited about a ministry that he had uh, started. He and a friend have a grill, and they take this grill up to Los Angeles and give away hot dogs to the homeless. But the grill, however, isn't particularly good. It's small, and it doesn't get very hot. So it takes a while for the hot dogs to cook. And he and his friend take that opportunity to bring God's word to the lost. That, my friends, is a kingdom banquet. That is a kingdom celebration. In this fourth week of Lent, let's not settle for goat stew with a couple of buddies. When we could be celebrating with Jesus at a kingdom feast, let's not let rigid ideology keep us from seeing what the kingdom is all about. Let's be open to making a transition, to reorienting our beliefs and our actions and our lives toward God. We just might find ourselves someplace new, someplace better. There are lost brothers and sisters who need to come home. Let's be ready to enter the celebration with them. Let's take a moment for prayer, please. Dear Lord, there are so many distractions in this life that sometimes we grab onto the good and we hold on for dear life so that we don't get washed away in the chaos of this world. We ask, Lord, that you would bring your peace into our hearts, that we might be able to relax our grip, and open our eyes, and see where you might be moving in our lives, where we can move from the good thing we have to something better, where we could bring your kingdom forward in a kingdom celebration every day.
Father, we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.